This is episode 33 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week we talk about From Dust, the Humble Indie Bundle, StarCraft 2, and play Game Cop and Lane Cop. Hi, welcome to the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Mitch. And I'm Nick. And this is and that's episode. It. Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're uh, kind of kind of lonesome this week. We're missing both Jeff and Anthony. I hear that they're off together doing things. Mm-hmm. They're being. They're not friend, really together. They're being friends without us. Yeah, yeah, they might be. Though sometimes we're friends without them. We're StarCraft friends. Well, yeah, that's secret true. friends. Yeah. yeah. But this so. is episode thirty-three. That's what you were going to say before yes. I interrupted you. Yes. Episode thirty-three. Um, so it's kind of fun. We're recording this on the day 32 came out, mm-hmm. you know, release. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. We're back. We're back on the schedule again. Yes. Which is nice. We thought about not doing it because they couldn't be here. And I was kind of like, you know, it'd be kind of dicky of us to dicky. It'd be kind of dickish of us to, to be, be like, here's move. one. Yeah. Sorry about uh, that. Let's take That's a few weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. That one took a lot out of us guys. <laughs> First hits always free bitches. <laughs> <laughs> out. Oh yeah, we're going to a subscription service now. We haven't told you guys yet. <laughs> ten dollars per. Yep. I was thinking ten dollars too. That means we should bump it up to fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> good, good price. NGS premium is twenty bucks, and if you do that, Eddie will record a voicemail message on your phone and the lead word character of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> even if he didn't voice that character. Yeah, even if I didn't voice him, even if it was like Asher <laughs> or like Chet. <laughs> or or hey, guys, I'll do Chet, it in Chet Warden. <laughs> Yeah, so we're it's just us three, so we get to talk about all kinds of things that we want to talk about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that Anthony and Jeff hate. And like, we're also going to play a game we've never played on the podcast before. Yes, I'm actually looking forward to this. It might crash and burn. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, so in terms of uh, game news, there's actually some things to talk about this week, but I know that we wanted to start off with um, Mitch talking about From Dust. Mm-hmm. Right. So I picked up uh, From Dust last week, and if you don't know what From Dust is, I'll give you a quick overview. Uh, it's a game from Ubisoft, came out on Xbox Live Arcade, coming to uh, PS3 and PC soon. Uh, it's a god game in the sense that you play like a deity called the Breath, and what you do is you pick up different parts of the environment and place them in other places, uh, like uh, earth or water or lava, and basically your goal is to get your group of uh, worshippers... Did you say lava? I'm just going to throw Lava. that. Lava? Lava. <laughs> I am Canadian. I had to you know. throw that out there. I was like, It took right. me a second. Okay, sorry. How do, you, how do you guys say it? Lava. Lava. Okay. So I, well, I, need, to, I need to remember that because my story contains lava. So, um, so anyways, the goal of each level is to use the environment to guide your little group of worshippers through the level and to the end and then on to the next one. And, and then each level contains a specific... Uh, environmental threat you have to defeat like a tsunami or something um i actually only played three levels of the game uh and i rage quit on the third one (laughs) i'm I'm gonna tell you why it's such bullshit uh the third level basically revolves around you uh maintaining a rock wall that serves as a barrier against uh, the sea and every time the sea comes down it erodes some of the walls so you have to use lava to repair the wall Mm -hmm. and uh one of the villages you need to found is right underneath it so 
I repair the wall and then I found the village and then the Tsunyama comes and like tears down some of the wall and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to repair it just so my guys don't drown. So I pour some, some lava on the wall and the lava trickles down the wall into the village, <laughs> sets it on fire and burns all my people. So they, so they lathered up in some lava. Huh? I've been saying lava. <laughs> How dare you make fun of my accent? That's pretty funny. That would make me actually really angry too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like quit it and I was like, fuck this game. <laughs> was there a decent is there a decent like save system? Like could could you have no, saved I started it kind of near that? Oh, you start over from the beginning? Well, yeah, I could have founded a new village with people from my other village. The ones that didn't burn to death? The ones that didn't well, okay, the ones that didn't burn to death that time. <laughs> the first time <laughs> I did it, I was like I was like, okay, well eventually I'm gonna need to get to the other side of this. Thing, so well, you had to it. know that pouring lava on top of the thing, it was okay, just going to well, run off. Well, they, that's right. how you repair the wall. I mean, I didn't <laughs> think it would run down the wall and into the village, which had just started growing trees, which apparently are very susceptible to fire. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wood does burn, Mitch. <laughs> I've learned so much According to the game. crazy rules of this game's world. <laughs> it's been very educational. Well, no, the first time I did it, I'm like, well, I'm going to need to get to the other island later, so I'm going to be I'm going to be forward-thinking and build a bridge now. And instead of building the, building the bridge out of sand, because there wasn't that much, I decided to build it out of lava. And it burned down my first village. <laughs> well, you tried to make a structure out of fire rock, Mitch. Well, it, it, turns, in, it, turns, <laughs> into, it turns into cool rock once, it, you know, once you take it out of the caldera. But before that... See, all the stuff you're hot. saying makes me want to play the game. <laughs> well, if, if, if that sounds appealing to you, give it a try. But well, I mean, wasn't for the that first like, little... wasn't that one of the appeals of SimCity back in the days? You build exactly. up this awesome city and then you just, just fucking demolish it. it. Well, see, that's one thing that I've heard about. I always turn that off. Natural <laughs> disasters. Yeah, that's one of the things I've heard about from Dust is that a lot of people thought it was going to be kind of one of those Sim games, but it's actually an objective slash puzzle game. Mm. So yes. it's like a god game, but like every level, there are levels for one um but then every level has an objective like get your people from here to here and these are their the levels um (laughs) and and get your people from here to here and here's all the natural obstacles that are in their way that you have to defeat with your god powers or whatever um i actually really want to play it i don't know if i want to pay 15 dollars for it is my thing 15 dollars might be a bit much it is it is really gorgeous to look at and it's and it's very unique but I don't know, man. If I if I wanted to watch my stuff burn, you know, <laughs> I've heard it's good ways. for like one playthrough, and then about after that. So, uh, and I've heard that it starts to wear a little thin by the end of it. Mm. Um, but that like the concept concept's kind of neat. It just doesn't quite go anywhere when you think it will. Um, so I'd probably play it for ten. I don't know if I'd play it for fifteen. You know, I might I might break and I don't know. Maybe I'll check out the demo. But it it looks gorgeous, and I like the concept. And I kind of I miss God games like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. while. What what's the last Ooh. one we had? It was like black and white. Yeah, probably. Yeah. When was a uh, Populous? Populous is, is that way old? Old, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Populous is pretty old. I've heard it's kind of like a uh, black and white meets like Lemmings. <laughs> just oh, a little nice. bit. Your little guys are like Lemmings, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just so stupid, and they just. I've, it's weird. I've read different reviews. One review said they had excellent pathfinding, and I read another review that's like they have the worst pathfinding. <laughs> they have shit pathfinding. Okay? <laughs> they just walk into lava. Okay, no, actually, here's another story of why this game sucks. Maybe if their god would stop building bridges out of fire rocks. No, yeah. the first time, 
the first time the first level you have to get a special power that helps you stop tsunamis from overcoming your village and when you found the second village instead of just them knowing it right away they have to send one person who knows it and he took a different route than everybody else so he got caught in the waterfall and drowned and then everyone else made it to the village and then they drowned when the tsunami hit <laughs> wow so, either i'm a terrible god which is possible <laughs> which is possible yep yeah or i just got stuck with the dumbest group of men in the history of the world uh, i'm also kind of curious about how it plays on pc as opposed to 360 because i've heard it's kind of imprecise uh, the mouse would probably help a lot. Yeah, so it, it's kind of weird that the de- you know, that there's going to be such a delay in the release of them, but I don't know. What else? If you really love God games and frustrating micromanagement, give it a try. You might be pleasantly surprised. I never played Black and White. Neither did I. Yeah, I didn't either. I know people oh. really loved it, though. Peter, that was made by Peter Molyneux. Yeah, Peter Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Who also made Populous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Populous, the by hell? the way, Populous was like 10 years before Black and White. Yeah, so it's pretty old. Isn't Fable 3, doesn't Fable 3 kind of play with the God game thing a little bit? No. Was that, was that any good? I thought when you're the king, it's kind of like God well, game It's like a king game. Is it, oh, it's a king game. Yeah, it's a king game when you're the king. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Like, like directing, you're directing Albion. No, not really. I re- there is that one funny quote where he talked about like, you know, you. <laughs> he's like, you have to decide whether I'm not even going to try to do his his accent, but he's like, you have to decide whether you want to build a school or build like a place for prostitutes. So there's a lot of moral gray area. Like <laughs> and it's, it's like, true. no, that's not a very moral gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I yeah, when I think prostitutes, and one is bad. That's literally a choice. No, what I think one of them was like, "Do you want to build a school or force all the kids to work in your factories?" Yeah, it's like there's no moral gray there. <laughs> one is good and one is bad, and you are choosing a side when you make your choice there. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, huh. nothing godly about that. So if you had to rate from dust right now, what would you give? C. See, I thought you hated it. I feel like you're aiming a little high on our scale there, buddy. Should use well, the scale. Yeah, Sounds like a you, Why don't you use everything? Why don't you use all the ratings? I did. I'm the only one who's ever given a game an F. It's true, and I like you that. You gave Halo Legends an F. I you, gave... No, he gave a game an F. What game? Force Unleashed 2. Oh, that's right. I would have given... um, What was it? Blood Bowl. I would have given that an F, but I didn't even want to waste the time to write the review. <laughs> like that was that was how much I hated the game. I wanted to do a post that was like, I hate this game so much it gets an F, but I don't want to write the review. Mm, I guess I gave From Dust a C because I was being fair, but if I think about it, it's it's a D. No, you know what? It's an F. F? That's yeah, screw all that fire and all that shit. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> I'm just giving it an F because I'm retarded, not for any other reason. <laughs> nice. Well, it's at, from Dust actually was um, Ubisoft. Nice. It was their um, top selling digital game. Or their fastest selling? Their fastest, yeah. I don't know if it's their top or their fastest, but it, it broke some kind of record for Ubisoft. Um, we've had a couple of other records this week. Um, what, Catherine? Yeah, is, Catherine sold 200,000 units in its first week. Uh, with basically no marketing or no like 
anything other than just like game reviews, which it got. Uh, it's averaging eighty on Metacritic, so it's not too bad. Uh, pretty good. But it's Atlas's largest launch ever, which is kind of weird. What are the games that they done? Atlas also did uh, um, 3D Demon Souls. Dot Hero. Didn't they do Demon Souls? And then it, they did 3D Heroes. Okay. Yeah. 3D, yeah. 3D dot Game 3D Hero. 3D dot Game Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then they've done random games throughout the years that have been pretty small. But yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's not that hard to imagine that it was their top-selling game. But still, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like Catherine. Like, I don't know. Oh, they did Shin Megami Tensei, oh, okay. which I, I, I've heard before. And Trauma Center, that DS game about operating on people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've never... I, I don't really know a whole lot about... Um, Catherine. Yeah, Catherine. <laughs> So it's one. I know that you climb things in it, <laughs> and that it has a lady in it mm-hmm. named the, Catherine, presumably. Yeah, yeah, there's a lady named Catherine. That's all I know about it. Is there's a lady named Catherine? Yeah, that's about the extent of my knowledge too. But yeah, when, when people that play it seem to really enjoy it, like watching on Twitter and stuff, like people I know that have played it, all seem to really dig it. Um, it's one of those games where even if it was like amazing, I don't know if I could play it without getting funny looks from my wife. Uh, yeah, what I know well, about it. <laughs> probably just because it's Japanese anime or whatever. Not safe for wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unsafe for wife. wife. Um, so on top, it's all, it's all about infidelity, Eddie. You don't <laughs> want to be. You don't want to be giving subtle hints to your gameplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honey, come over. Look, I'm about to cheat on my girlfriend in this game. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you want to say to your wife. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I told you about uh, like the standards for uh, Mass Effect Two and stuff were right, or and even Mass Effect. It was like my character could not look like me because it was like, well, if you're going to be sleeping with all those ladies, he can't look like you. Is that a real thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who did, did you sleep with, Liara or Ashley? Um, Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. Uh... He did. Yeah, he did. did Ashley. I did Liara. But wait, yeah, what if she, what if it was Liara? She's like blue, and like that's like that doesn't count. I feel like. Yeah, that's because she's not a lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you could you could you could do the nerd argument with your wife. It's like, oh, honey, don't worry, her race is genderless, and it only assigns a sex when coupling with a partner. So. <laughs> really, so it's, it's like it's like up. I could have been doing a dude wife. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like masturbation. I was doing myself. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but see, she was very upset with me in Fable 2 because I cheated on my wife in Fable 2. She was very upset about that. Eddie, Eddie come on. Yeah, man. but you're a bad guy. Well, it was guy. an option. I wanted to see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do what I did and kill your wife. Uh, wow, dude, that's pretty. That's <laughs> Actually, no, I got someone to come into my game and kill her for me because I didn't want the bad karma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, in, I'm talking to my roommate. I'm like, dude, can you do me a solid? <laughs> I watched you to my wife. <laughs> he did. So I guess in terms of other sales, it was the Humble Indie Bundle. What did that do this week, Nick? You were Humble about? Indie Bundle 3 topped $1 million uh, in just a few days, which is pretty crazy. Now, they did have a lot of big contributors, like Notch like gave $4,000, and a few other people gave like pretty pretty good amounts. But the average is um, the average. The average I think is like four seventy five. 
Nice. So if you think about it that way, if the average is 475 and it did a million already, that's pretty that's pretty freaking good. So what was the deal? You could was it pay what you want? Pay what you want. And what what one of the coolest things about it is not only what can games? You, not only can you pay what you want. Uh it's it's some games. It's just some <laughs> games. Well, it's it, well cuz there's the three games and then there's also the two games. And mm. The, the two games were games you probably know more about, uh, like Braid and Mach- uh, Machinarium or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and Osmos. Uh, the only one you might know in, in number three is And Yet It Moves. Okay, yeah. Which I've heard is really good. But yeah. one of the cool things about it is so you have these, uh, the, these five games, and then there's the bonus game, and then you also get two if you pay more than the average. But not only that, you can also decide where you want to put the money. So not only are you putting it towards the humble, the hum, humble indie bundle, but you can also give to Child's Play and to uh, the EFF. Hmm. And you can also just do like a tip to the guys putting on the bundle. So it's like you can give it to developers, you can give it to EFF, and you can give it to Child's Play. That's pretty cool. And you can give as much as you want to each, to each uh, organization. Which I think is a really cool way to do it. It's very cool. I mean, it makes you wonder. I mean, obviously, the, you know, you're talking a million dollars. That's not what big publishers want. But I feel like it should at least send some kind of message that, like, at a lower price, as people are willing to try things. Like, I'm willing to go pay $5 to try that out. Yeah, exactly. Why you wouldn't you? Even if you, like, never play the games, at least you're yeah. supporting the developers. Well, that's what I did for, uh, what was it, Breath of Death 7? Mm-hmm. Um, that that Xbox Live indie game where yeah. it was just the guy made like a funny old school RPG and they made they made a lot of money off of it and I just went and gave it a dollar because I was like I might never play it but you know I support what these guys are doing and um, so I don't know it just makes me wonder like I just I wish big publishers would would take notice every now and then like I get that you want to do a premium price for your product and sometimes that makes sense but I feel like there are certain games where it's like someone might not even you know there's a barrier for what i'm willing to pay just to try something Mm -hmm. you know i'm not sure where it is i feel like for big games or bigger games it's probably around 20 30 bucks for you know okay i'll I'll pay that just to try something out yeah but you know depends on the game i guess mitch do you have any thoughts on the humble humble indie bundle um I'm just glad it sold a million dollars because I remember the second Humble Indie Bundle was was pirated, mm-hmm. yeah, like a ton, and that was going to charity. So I'm glad people are actually manning up and you know paying money this time. Do you think they threw the second one in there because you can actually give money to the third and the second? Those are that's like divided out. Do you think they put the second one in there to be like, listen, assholes that know they didn't pay last time, you can actually give these people money this time, like. That would have been funny if that was a secret thing. It's like, let's see if those jerks will actually give us money this time around. Have you guys heard of this thing? Sorry, this is kind of on topic. Well, we were just talking about uh, where the sky, the head of Skyrim, <laughs> the Skyrim chief says that more games should cost $29. No, I haven't heard that. But not Skyrim. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Except for ours. Yeah, of course. Which Staple is kind of funny, which a lot of people probably will make fun of, but I kind of understand it for Skyrim. Because right, Skyrim's yeah. a huge game. Um, well, yeah, because that's the thing. If like somebody calls them out on it, be like, "Yeah, really? Does your game provide two hundred hours of entertainment?" Yeah. Like, so. yeah, I do think that's pretty funny, though. <laughs> Skyrim game should cost twenty nine dollars, but not Skyrim. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, no, I was looking on here for, because um, talking about like unit sales and stuff, there was this thing that, um, it was this thing that Kotaku did that was actually like kind of good. Um, yeah. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a thing where they, and it was the Steven Totillo article, no less. Um, <laughs> double. One. Yeah, that's a double. Double Zod. Um, I feel bad now. I'm just calling him out by name. He's gonna he's gonna come rage at us. Hey, um, oh, don't worry. I'll help you hold him off. I've got <laughs> you're practiced at that. Yeah. Um, no, I think we talked about that. We're not going to. No, it's okay. fine. <laughs> you keep going. Um, he go. He talks basically talks about how Nintendo's problem isn't hardware; it's software right now. Like all these people piling onto the 3DS. It's like no, the the game. The problem is that they stopped making killer games. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes through and he breaks down like unit sales for all these different titles. Um, and he talks about how all these things sold 13 million, 15 million, 20 million. Uh, here's what it is. He's like, there's one other telling measure of Nintendo 05 to 09 software streak. According to a roundup of software sales, six Wii games and three DS games have sold more than 20 million copies. Six Wii games and three DS games. Only two Xbox 360 games have even broken 10 million. No PlayStation 3 or PlayStation Portable game have even reached 10 million. Jeez. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I know that's sort of off topic. It kind of came to my head when we were talking about just sales figures and stuff. Yeah. But it's pretty wild to think about like Nintendo has these like 20 million copy games, and then you've got 360 only has two games that have broken 10 million, which you can guess what those two are. One's Halo 3. I don't know what the other, I don't know what the other one is. <laughs> um, so yeah, but no PlayStation Three games have even reached ten million. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, it, then it's got to be exclusives. They've got to be yeah. talking about exclusives. Uh, yeah. But no, that makes sense because I mean, name name giant uh, PS Three exclusives. Uh, so like Uncharted, that, that Metal Gear Solid. Appeal. Yeah, and then name ones that have mass appeal. There's there's none. I mean, sorry, but because like your I mean, big titles are Uncharted, Metal Gear Solid, Little Big Planet, Resistance, and all Kill those Zone. are and all those are pretty. Kill I mean, Zone. pretty segmented. Yeah, you know, in terms of uh, and also their audience, you, you don't market anything. So. Yeah, ever, ever. But you did just acquire Sucker Punch, so. Also, um, I just want to bring this up. This just came out uh, today, I guess, that. Um, StarCraft 2 has replaced its demo with a quote-unquote starter edition of their of the game. So basically what this is, is, is if you sign up for a Battle.net account or if you have a Battle.net net account, you can download the starter edition of StarCraft 3, uh, which includes uh, the first four missions of the single-player campaign, the first two challenges, because, you know, they have, like, they have it all broken up, and they have, like, the challenge things where, like, you have to achieve a goal, and you get, like, medals. So the first two challenges, and then you can get, you can play Terran in custom games or in uh, single-player games versus the AI, um, and you can play four custom maps. And you get all of this for free, the same that you would get any demo for. That's kind of crazy. I didn't know all of that came with it. Yeah, and then any any 
achievements or progress you do in the campaign will be transferred over whenever you actually buy oh, the that's game. That's cool. Mm. But I was thinking about this, and I was like, that seems like a lot to give away for free. Well, yeah, because it seems like there'd be uh, quite a few people that would just do that. Right. But th- what they're go- I bet what their thing is, is you're going to get that taste, and you're not going to be able to let go. And you're going to want to be like, oh, fuck it, I got to get the game so I can play on the real ladder. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And I was just like, I hope more companies maybe think about doing demos like that. Because, like, when I think about demos, or I think when most people think about demos, what do you think about? Like, 15 minutes of gameplay? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's no secret that I feel like, especially in the last few years, that, like, just demos... I feel like game companies have gotten really bad at demos. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and we talk about this on the side a lot, and... You know, and Jules actually brings this up quite a bit about how demos just aren't a good. You mean like it's you can't quite judge a lot of games on them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and if more companies do stuff like this, you know, I bet some people would pay for a demo that let you access that much of the game. You know, yeah, what I mean, like I, if they didn't call it a demo, and I, obviously there would be some people that rage. But if someone, but if a company was like, pay five dollars and experience half the game, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like some people might jump on that because that's a, about as good as renting it. Um, right. Yeah. Or if they did something like this where Starcraft, it's like where you, you know, you don't, you don't nearly get half the game, but you, you do get like, I don't know, I guess about a quarter of the single player campaign. Yeah. Uh, and then you get, also you get challenges and you get some sort of multiplayer, even though it's like custom games and single player versus the AI. Um, but there's still kind of that multiplayer. I mean, it would be like doing like modern warfare and then you getting like co-op and the multiplayer a little bit and a little bit of the campaign which activision would never do <laughs> yeah. yeah but imagine if they did like that would be crazy i mean not that they need to for call of duty but if you got like a little taste of every part of your game that would be awesome yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah so i love starcraft guys i just I just yeah, StarCraft is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, y'all, ju- y'all just had some, some pretty awesome games the other night, yeah? Yeah, we did. We dominated those fools, man. Nice. Second in our bronze 2v2 league. <laughs> bronze, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the last game, we were Big both like... We were, the last game, we were both like kind of holding our breath. We were like, silver? Oh, still same rank. <laughs> well, because, yeah, we were we were ranked two in our division. And so I was... Like, Mitch was kind of needing to go, but I was like, let's just do one more. Let's just do one more and see what... And then we, like, demolished the guys. Then they were slightly favored over us. Mm-hmm. So I thought we were going to bump up to silver, and then we stayed the same rank. Yeah. yeah, it takes. I think it, it takes. It takes a lot, but basically, what the way that the way the ranking system works is like, uh, there's your MMR, which is your background ranking that you never see. It's like it's Blizzard's own super math, mm-hmm. um, and your MMR tries to put you up against people that are of equal MMR, and your MMR can fluctuate drastically from game to game to game. And so what, because of that, you can like play somebody way better than you and your MMR will hop way up. But then you might lose to somebody and it will hop way down. And then so what you need to do is you need to make it to where you're averaging above uh, the bottom rung of the next level to actually mm-hmm. be promoted. Because oh. if they just did it to where like your MMR judges it, then people would be jumping – like people right at the cusp there would be jumping back and forth between silver all and bronze yeah. all the time. So basically they have to make it to where you are averaging 
to where you will actually stick in the division before you're actually put in the division. So how did I get placed into silver? I don't know. Then my I, first five I, games I ever played. Because I think because I think that you just you performed really well in your placement matches, and maybe you played people that weren't that were the game thought they were better than they actually were, or they were drunk, or they were playing <laughs> with their feet, or something or letting like that. their little sisters play, something like that. Because yeah, I mean, because I was terrible. <laughs> yeah, but the game thought you were silver. I mean, it really did. But then the game was like, oh, he's not silver. Actually. Oh, he's pretty bad. Let's bump yeah. him back to bronze. See, I've, <laughs> I've never gone beyond bronze, but sometimes I feel like I play people who are like in like platinum. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll like I'll roll out with like, you know, the standard Marine Marauder bio ball and then I'll just go up against like some crazy ass unit comp and I'll just get stomped. It's, I, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I look at these people that have played 2000 games and they're rank one bronze like the forever bronze guys and i'm just like i first of all i don't understand how you can play 2000 games and never Not have gotten never better get any better yeah. but then it part of me also has got to think he's got to be kind of good yeah you gotta be played, pretty good yeah, <laughs> number one in bronze i mean he's <laughs> he's played 2000 games so he must have learned something over the course of this game so I mean I could see where is I could see a whole thing where like a guy who's like played that many games and is rank one bronze is probably actually a better player than like a low ranked silver. You know like, what I mean? Well, you'd want him on a team of TV two probably over the, you know, he's seen everything. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's he's seen it all. Yeah, oh, of course. Like, maybe, like the wily veteran. <laughs> maybe his problem is he never learned from the stuff he saw, and that's why he's still bronze. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's just an idiot, and you don't that's want him good, on your dude, team. That's gonna be me. No, that's gonna be me in two thousand <laughs> games. I, before I played with Eddie, I lost like three matches. It's fun. I've gotten, I've, gotten, I've gotten a lot better, haven't I, Mitch? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So have I. I think we both been. We both gotten pretty good. Yeah. You're, def- you're definitely better than I am, but uh, we're both pretty good. But we've gotten a lot better just in like, just in the last couple of weeks, because I've been playing a little bit every day. That's the, that's the best way to do it. That's what I mean. I remember Day Nine would always talk about how, like, the whole ladder anxiety thing we talked about before the cast, and like getting over that. And he said the best way to do it is you force yourself every day. You're like, I'm gonna play three games or four games or whatever. And then if you do that every single day and you force yourself to do it, then you start to get the itch to go do yes. it again and again yeah. and that's what again. I've been doing, yeah. And he says that's the best way to do it is to force yourself to play those few games, regardless of if you win or if you lose or whatever. Just every day, sit down and be like, "I'm going to play for half an hour or whatever." So I love how different StarCraft is, like in a multiplayer sense, than like any other game I've ever played. Because with any other game, it's like, "Oh, I'm going to hop on. I'm going to play for like 45 minutes and whatever. Probably going to win because I'm awesome." And then you get on StarCraft and you're just like, like cowering in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for someone with like 500 APM to come and ling rush you in the first 10 seconds of the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I but at the same time like I see what you're saying at the same time I feel like StarCraft a lot of times StarCraft the less you know about StarCraft the scarier the game is and the more yeah. you know yeah. the more you actually realize that it's not nearly as scary as you think it is. Like cuz if you actually like when you learn how to scout and you learn what to what you what what you see you learn what that means. Uh and then you learn, like, oh, well, there's... The game The game isn't, like, some magical game where, like, some guy's <laughs> just going to be able to have a million units in, like... Ten seconds. In ten yeah. seconds. Like, the game just doesn't work that way. So you're going to learn, oh, well, I have an advantage now. 
Whereas, you know, like b- before you wouldn't have realized that you had an advantage at that point because you're like, oh, well, I did some harassment and I killed a bunch of his workers. So his economy is much, he's worse than my economy. And like when you re- start to realize stuff like that, it, I don't know, it makes the game a lot less scary too. Yeah. My, my thing is I, I don't know how to transition out of just like the, the straight up marine mass. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how to transition out of it. I feel like I've gotten pretty good at getting that together really quickly. Yeah. Um, and putting on pressure, and I've actually gotten pretty good at map control. You know, well, I keep I keep them from expanding. Like that's just yeah. one of my big strategies: is to get an expansion up and to keep the other player from expanding. Because it doesn't really matter what he's got. If I can keep him from expanding, then because right, if he's on one base and you're on two bases, yeah, you can make I can more shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Even if it's worse. Yeah, something <laughs> exactly. I've learned. Something I've learned doing the Marine Marauder thing and just watching a bunch of games is that if you can keep that early pressure with that, mm-hmm. then like you can probably ride that all the way to the higher leagues. Like, because that that build is great for pressure. I mean, you got the DPS of the Marines, the heavy damage with the Marauders, and if you can just keep them confined to a small area, then you'll probably just win over force with force of numbers alone, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to keep up, keep your if upgrades you keep going, it, yeah, obviously. Can, yeah, if you can keep a handle on it. Yeah. Um, Throw a few medevacs in there, always good. I mean, at low at lower levels, for the most part, almost every game is decided by who has more shit. Yeah. And yeah. if you have more shit, you're probably just going to win, regardless of positioning or micro or whatever. You just got to have more shit. Well, I got I a pretty good shoot and scoot micro though. My shooting scoot's pretty good. <laughs> nice, nice. Eddie, Eddie can attest. Yeah. What I need, what I need to do, um, Nick, I need you to sit with me and like coach me through like playing as Protoss and playing as Zerg. Not because I want to get good at him, but I need to know what so you does can understand. what. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is I don't know anything. Like I don't know what does what. I've gotten pretty good at. You know, there are certain things I know to watch for. I know what thing. You know, I know what to counter for. I know what what some. You know. Um, what the other races and stuff like to do, mm-hmm. but I don't know when I like I don't even scout because I'm like I don't know what those buildings mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't know what yeah. any of it means unless they're Terran. If they're Terran, I scout them because I'm I like guess let me see it, what's going on. But even then, you kind of know what Terran's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against Protoss, I mean, in the lower leagues, you're just basically gonna be dealing with like four gates or three gates, three gate robos or something. See, but... I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you say that. I didn't even know what six pool meant for Zergs until last night. I had to ask Mitch. I was like, what does uh... that mean? Yeah, I also had to tell them what building Dark Templars were produced out of. Right, the invisible space farmers. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I mean, yeah, by the way, we'll, we'll I like sit that down. this turned into the StarCraft II cast, yeah, by the way. Sorry about that, all well, listeners. Because when Anthony it. and Jeff are here, I feel guilty if we talk about StarCraft for longer than a couple of minutes because they can't really participate as much. Right, Yeah, right. and then they, then they make snarky comments like, oh, dude, fucking PC faggy shit. They don't say that, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I wouldn't be friends with them. <laughs> That's like if Jeff and Anthony combined into one like super troll <laughs> and, and started talking about StarCraft. Go back, to, go back to Korea. Nice. Is what they would say. No, uh, Eddie, we can definitely sit down and we can we can do that. That 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 would be really good for you. So you could, uh, yeah. It's good to know like what that, the other like races the limit, can that's do. That's one of the limitation on my game right now is that I don't understand. Although last night, me and Mitch did hold off a a six pool. Two two zerg, um, yeah. Two zerg six, six pool, nice. Yeah, double six pool. We held it off, right? And and yeah. that's the thing is like that's the one of the things that like it seems super scary, 
It's like a six pool. I'm gonna die. It's a six pool. It's so and then scary. once we held it off, we were like, they're screwed. Yeah, they put everything exactly. Into- <laughs> but after the yeah. six pool, you were so far ahead economically. It's ridiculous. You basically yeah, we, went, we went straight at them. Yeah, that. unless you unless you do something totally stupid, you've you've won the game at that point. After you stop the six pool, mm-hmm. you've probably yeah, think, already won. I think right after we held off their six pool, we just went for it, and they had maybe like six roaches. Mm-hmm, we yeah. ran all over them. And then there was that we one were, guy who did battle cruisers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were playing. We played two Terran, and it was what which map was it that we were playing on? Um, uh, I don't know. They changed a bunch of the maps for season three. It was some, I don't know any of the names of any of the maps, but there was one where there was a back entrance with the rocks, mm-hmm. and we were going amassing Blizzard out one side rocks. of the base. Yeah, we were amassing out one side of the base, and they came in through the back, and then they came in with like only Marines. Like it was just tons and tons of mm-hmm, Marines. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they had upgraded them all with STEM or anything because we came Probably in. Not. They started attacking my buildings. They didn't destroy anything. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't destroy a single building. By the time we got in there, we just demolished them. And then we went to their base, and they had tons of, tons of barracks up. And we just kept destroying the Marines, and all of a sudden, battle cruisers came out. And we were like, what? And then we demolished the battle cruisers, and that was pretty much game. They signed out. After yeah. That. Or there, so. were those, there were those two guys who, instead of... GGing lifted their lifted their command centers and flew them off outside of the maps. Obron's yeah. Obron's <laughs> league. <laughs> that happened. That happened twice yeah. to us in a row. That's, like, really? that's pretty standard bronze league shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. So we just yeah. built Vikings and took them down. But yeah. I feel I feel like I'm feeling pretty confident after last night. Even with my early losses, I mean, you know, I watched between the games I had with Eddie and the losses I took. I watched a video on how to how to uh, three racks. And basically, I just had that in my head the entire time. Like, I had, like, you know, 10 supply depots, 12 barracks, get one SCV, constantly building supply depots, like, tech lab, reactor, tech lab, marauder, marine, marine, marauder, and just keep pumping that out. And I, I followed that to the letter, and I think that really helped. It's just, it's mechanics, man, is knowing your mechanics. I mean, it's definitely good to kind of hammer out a build and just know that build back and forth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously in higher levels, you're going to, I mean, stuff's going to change. You're going to learn you start, how to play you start learning how to, how to adapt it. Right. Adapt and you're going to like, learn yeah. how to become a more of a reactionary player. But like in the lower leagues, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to make you a better player, but I feel like, well, it is going to make you a better player, but it's not going to like expand your knowledge of the game. You know what I mean? But it will help you kind of grind through those lower, lower levels if you just, like just four gate people, because there was this yeah. great graph I saw where it was like this was before the four gate nerf, but um, it's like I four gated people. I went from bronze all the way to diamond, and then in diamond I stopped having to four gate people because they could beat it. So then I had to start doing other stuff, and I dropped back down to gold, and then I actually learned how to play the game, and then I got all the <laughs> way back up to diamond again. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. learning a build and executing it over and over again will also teach you how to macro properly, like how to exactly. keep your exactly. Yeah, that's like huge. how to keep how to keep your resource count down below the keep, hundreds and stuff. Keep your money low and always always be making SCVs. Uh, never get supply blocked. I mean, just simple mechanics like that. That's you can always work on that regardless of your build. Yeah. Yeah. Nerds. I know. I actually, st- I actually started watching a couple of games. I'm like, what's happening to me? This is why I didn't want to buy StarCraft 2. <laughs> oh, he's one of us, Nick. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, esports, I was, man. Stop well, killing was, esports. Eddie, watch more games. <laughs> what I was telling Nick, the, the problem right now is that I've, I've been really busy lately. Um, part of it's just still with a new job. I mean, it's not that new anymore. But the new job, I've actually I've been um, 
exercising a lot more. I've been reading again because I haven't been reading. And the reason I'm reading again is because I'm writing again. Um, and so, like, I've just been really busy. And so, I actually haven't been playing a lot of games. And not to jump too far ahead because we're going to talk about uh, Final Fantasy Tactics on the iPhone later. Um, but one of the things that's great for me, I could have bought it on the PSP at any time. But there's a barrier to having to turn on my my PS3, you know, turn it on, load up the game, play it, find a save point, do all that. Like, that's like an hour commitment. You know what I mean? Like, you need an hour of time to play. Because some games you can play for 30 minutes and you really won't do anything. So it's not even worth playing. Um, and that's been keeping me from playing Bastion, uh, from trying out From Dust, um, from playing Half-Life 2, which I need to get back on. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I might have only 30 minutes to game in a night, and I say, you know what? I can just hop on StarCraft 2, play a game, and then be done. And so that's why I've ended up playing every day, because it's like I want to play a little bit of video games, and I guess I can just play that for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice. It's pretty easy to hop onto a game, unless you get cheese and the guy flies off and won't GG. But, <laughs> you know, you can still get on, and you can play a game or two in 30 minutes and be fine. And there's no, I don't have to figure out where I am in the game. Like, it's just a little self-contained, you know. I just, I, I've, yeah, I've no. been playing it. I love it. Every day you're laddering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really, really easy to fall in love with this game. That's all I'll say. Yeah. It, it's not, it's getting less and less intimidating. Because before it was really scary. It was like, oh my God, StarCraft. And now it's like, oh, it's pretty fun. But you do have to kind of keep up with it. Yeah. Game time. This week, we're going to play a brand new game. I mean, it's Yay. not new to Gamer Sushi, but it is new to the Gamer Sushi podcast. Grunt because birthday noise. We are going to play <laughs> Game Cop or Lame Cop uh, podcast edition. So I'm sure everybody knows uh, what this game is because we play it on the site all the time. But basically, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give uh, a, a topic... And Eddie and Mitch are going to take the side, the two sides of the topic, and they're going to, uh, one is going to be the game cop, and the other is going to be the lame cop. And lame cop is totally serious, by totally the way. Totally serious. Yes. He means everything he says. Yes. yes. Everything we say is lame cop is 100% our own opinion, and we're not <laughs> that position. Also, I, I, Nick, you should just be psycho cop and just be like, I need karate lessons because Ninja stole the family. <laughs> <laughs> Because Ninja stole the family. <laughs> I want my family back. Oh, uh, I didn't kill my wife. All right, so. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Give me I back didn't my kill son. my wife. I don't care. Give me back my airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so. I do. I am glad that people on our site generally understand the Game Cop versus Lame Cop game. I don't think they did the first time we did it. But I'm glad that they generally understand it now. There's always there's always this one person who's like, I can't believe that you guys are saying this. <laughs> and usually that person signs up just to comment on the article and then they figure it out. But every time there's one person, I feel like we're rickrolling one person every time. <laughs> I feel like that hasn't really happened since Psycho Cop came along. Because I feel like with Psycho Cop, it's pretty obvious that like, okay. Yeah, that this is, you know, this might not be 100% serious. <laughs> okay. Ready? First topic. First topic. We're going to talk about, uh, Eddie mentioned this a little bit earlier, but uh, this week Square Enix, or Squeenix, as it's commonly referred to on the internets, released Final Fantasy Tactics for the for the, uh, the iPhone. Not exactly for iOS, because there's 
going to be an iPad version uh, later, sometime later, they say. Um, and it caused kind of this uproar because the game is uh, is being sold for uh, $15.99, right? Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, $15.99 in the U.S., $12.99 in Europe, whatever. So it's being sold for $15.99. Uh, and the big thing is like, oh, well, most iPhone games are like a dollar or two dollars or three at most three dollars, like Plants for Zombies, like three dollars. Uh, and all of the top games on the iPhone store are three dollars or two dollars, and they're awesome. And Square Enix is trying to steal all my money that I worked so hard for at my summer job, and they're charging sixteen dollars, and I can get the same game on PSN for ten dollars. Why do you hate me, Square? So, uh, so yeah, we're just going to basically talk about that. Uh, and I think Eddie is going to take game cop on this. Eddie, what's up with Square Enix? I feel like the game cop position on this has to be that the, the pricing really isn't that big of a deal. And I'm actually really surprised that people are um, freaking out about it so much. And the thing that they keep saying is that, okay, well, you're paying for this game that's, you know, 15 years old or whatever. But I feel like these same people didn't care at all about Ocarina of Time 3DS, which is actually, what, $40? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so it's interesting like that. that just be, because something is on, an, is on a phone or in the App Store, like it imme- immediately gets devalued in people's minds. Like, oh, well, that's just... And they do the same thing with digital downloads. Like, remember when people were upset about Limbo being $10? Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing, you've got like Bastion for $10. And so it's just weird that people like kind of devalue things that are on these in these certain marketplaces because they're like oh it's just a downloadable game so it really shouldn't be that big of a deal and what was the ridiculous kotaku article that said like it's 16 times the price of other iphone that games was was the one up. that was one up yeah I, well i thought it was kotaku specifically that said no we no, yeah you're right it is one up yeah not, not every shitty shitty video game article is written by kotaku eddie <laughs> <laughs> no kotaku called it bananas is what they called it so that's oh, what okay. i was thinking of um but no bananas <laughs> So it's just weird, and I feel like if people put this like strange emphasis on that, that, oh, well, iPhone games are generally a dollar, but I feel like the problem with that isn't that this Square Enix game is $16. The problem is that those other games are a dollar. Like It devalues games on the whole that are in the marketplace because they have these other games that are so cheap, and a lot of them are just people turning out really crappy things and only charging a dollar for them. Um, this this price is more for people that it's not for people that have already played it. I feel like it's more. Well, it, it might be for people that have already played it, like me. But it's probably more for just like a a, a certain kind of market. Um, and so I just I, I don't understand why people are freaking out about it. To me, it's worth the price of admission if you really want to have the game on your phone, which I do. And at some point, they will have the price or do a big discounted sale on it. But they did Chaos Rings at the same price. And that game I heard was awesome, so I just I feel like people are making way too big of a deal of this, and no one seems to care when games get released and repackaged on other platforms. So I don't understand why they care now. All right, Eddie, here's the thing, and here's why you're wrong. All right, if you're putting something on the App Store, you are entering an unspoken, unwritten agreement that games will cost less than five dollars. Okay, here's the thing. Games cost $40 on the 3DS because that's how much they cost. We understand that as consumers. It makes it easier for us. So when someone comes around and goes, oh, hey, guys, look at this crazy thing. You're going to love it. 50 bucks on the 3DS. We're like, uh, no thanks and go have sex with yourself. All right? 
different prices confuse us. And if we want to buy something, we need to understand as little about it as possible so we can put it on our credit card and not have to worry about it until the bill comes. So if I'm going to spend $15 on something, I'm going to be thinking about that purchase. And I want to think about stuff. All right? Because if I think about stuff, you know, then I'm just going to keep thinking about other stuff and eventually I'll have to finish high school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was really good. Mitch really brought it with the lame Uh, Yeah, that was a really good. That was... Pro, that was, I'm gonna clap for you. That was really, really good. Rich. Now, to be fair, something I didn't mention: um, issues that I can see people that I can sort of understand. One is that it's not a universal app, uh-huh. right? So you you can buy it on your iPod in a couple, or you, if you buy it now, you won't be able to play it on your iPad. You'll have to rebuy it, which is kind of stupid. And it'll probably be like 25 bucks on your iPad. Yeah, probably. Uh, so that's one thing. Also. Um, it is ten dollars to get the PSP version or to download it on PSN, but at the same time, this is the PSN. This is the PSP version, not the original version. But they've also fixed some of the issues that the PSP version had. So yeah, they put they put more work into it. It's not like they. I'm, yeah. I'm no longer doing a character, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they put well, more work really into it. It's if they put more work into it, it's not like a straight up port. Like they actually had to, like you said, go and fix some stuff. So well, and they turned the entire thing into a touchscreen interface. By the way, yeah, like, yeah. like that's not that ain't cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they like. It's a great game, by the way. I've already played it for about an hour and a half or two, and I love it. And it really is great to just be able to pull it up on my phone, play like literally, like I'll play like a turn or two while I'm waiting for something, and then I'll close my phone again. That's, yeah, to me, that's I, sixteen bucks. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to pick that up. I haven't bought it yet, but I know that I am going to, and I'm just prolonging the inevitable. You're biding your time. And seriously, that really I feel like the the target for this is probably people like us. You know what I mean? Like if they want, I feel like at some point they'll cut prices to get some of those other people. But right now, I feel like if you want to say my game is a premium game, it's okay to charge a premium price for it. Yeah, also, like, I mean, yes, you can say, well, oh, Plants vs. Zombies is $3. Well, yeah. okay, Plants vs. Zombies is you plant some plants, and then you kill some zombies. Like, that yeah. literally is the entire game. This is one of the greatest games of all time. Final Fantasy Tactics <laughs> is a fucking game game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you should charge more than you do for Plants vs. Zombies. Or Infinity Blade, where you just go from battle to battle. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like... And Infinity Blade was ten dollars when it came out, wasn't it? Yep, I think so. I mean, it was it's, pretty. It's it was pretty expensive. So it's like that's yeah. all people look at is what it costs now. Yeah, and, and, and Final Fantasy Tactics, you can probably get two plays out of it, and each one will be sixty hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Well, let's also move the on. new cutscenes are gorgeous, by the way, Nick, because it's got like <sighs> anime kind of cutscenes for Stop. everything now. This better not be the second week in a row that I buy something while we're on the cast. <laughs> and it's funny because sixteen dollars, like I wouldn't bat my eye if if there was a sixty hour three sixty game for sixteen dollars. So it's funny because I almost would flip I kind of, shit if that was yeah. the case. So I kind of batted my eye a little bit when I first heard it was sixteen dollars. I was like, oh, and right before I clicked, you know, to buy it, I was kind of like, oh, sixteen bucks. But I'm like, it's so weird that there's that that that. that that barrier really is in our heads as gamers, and I don't know why. You know, because if I could buy a disc for sixteen dollars, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't get it. Same thing. No, no one cared about Ocarina of Time 3DS. I'd go buy Metal Gear Solid Three 
3DS, if I had a 3DS, I go buy that for $50 and I wouldn't bat an eye. You know, and this is $16 to have this wherever I want at any time. Yeah. I could rant about this forever and probably have already said so much. Hey, listen, it's okay, but I think we I need to move on to the next topic here. So, you ready, Eddie? I hope ready I can bring, bring it. I hope I can bring the lame cop as good as Mitch brought. So, <laughs> uh, the next topic is uh, we're going to talk about Iwata and Nintendo. So, we just mentioned it a little bit on last week's cast, but not specifically about this, but about the whole idea of not 3D games on the 3DS. Well, uh, it just came out, I think this was like yesterday, that uh, Nintendo is going to. Let's see. Let me find the quote here. Uh, I I do not think consumers would be satisfied if every software title we release we release. So he's talking about Nintendo in the next year only focuses on 3D. He's talking about using other features like the communication feature. Um, and so essentially, what he's saying is, I mean, he's not saying that like we're done with 3D. 3D is over. It's dead. But he is saying that there that. Essentially, there's going to be third, I mean, first party Nintendo games for the 3DS not in 3D. So I'm going to throw this to Mitch. Uh, defend your boy. Iowata's I- talking about abandoning 3D on his 3D system. What's up? Yeah, all right. All right. I back him up. You know, we'd be rolling deep. You know, we got them shorties in the back. No, but seriously. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, this is going to a different place with a game cop. <laughs> I was like, this, yeah. is, this is a weird cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's undercover cop, but he's, uh... he's in Japan, so he's doing it wrong. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, so it's kind of a strange quote if you think about it, because they're basically saying that the 3DS will not feature 3D in every game. Um, coming off the heels of the price cut, this is just starting to look a, look a little weird on Nintendo's part. Um, you know, considering that they're ditching the main gimmick of their new console. I can only imagine that they're doing this just to try to entice more people to pick it up because maybe that 3D is like a, I don't know, maybe that's like an issue with some people where they won't pick up the console if like you have to play it in 3D because like personally, I can't see 3D like at all. Like I'll go to... I'll go to like a 3D movie or something, and the only thing I walk away f- with it from is a headache. So if they start, you know, moving away from that, that could be one reason. Um, they might also be looking at other stuff. Like the DS didn't really start taking off until people started using the touchscreen in interesting ways. And now that the 3DS has an analog stick, you know, there's a lots of ways they can explore with that. So I think to focus mainly on the 3D of the 3DS is probably they feel like that's probably a mistake. Well, not a mistake, but like uh, the wrong way to go. Um, you know, and just trying to get the other stuff to function properly and then leave the 3D as so just sort of like an interesting gimmick they can have on the side. Just get like the core mechanics of like how the system works in your hands going before they try and make it, you know, make it all gimmicky, mm-hmm. I think is what they're trying to do. Okay. Eddie? <laughs> I really don't think you're giving enough credit to Iwata here. You should be praising the ground that he walks on, Mitch. I mean, seriously. What you need to do, you need to go to Wii U and educate yourself a little bit about Nintendo because Iwata, he doesn't abandon things like 3D. He innovates. You know, Snake Eater was delayed to 2012 probably because they just want to remove the 3D from it. So that'll probably take him a little bit, but I think it's worth it. And when you really look at all the things that he builds on and makes better, um, new things that no one else has ever done before, like Mario Kart 7, 
which is a thing that hasn't, you know, there's some newness there because they haven't actually had numbers on them before. I mean, there were 64, but, you know, that was just the name of the system. This is like number seven, and there hasn't been like a number five. So <laughs> this is like a new thing. There's also what? New Super Mario Brothers 3DS. So you've got it's new, right? Again. So he just does new things, right? Nintendo, they just always do new things. And pretty soon you'll start seeing Bongo Conga 3DS or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that they do or the Pikmin 3DS. You know, new things is what Nintendo's all about. So I really think that you need to give him more credit and you really need to just kind of back up and say, whoa, Iwata, San. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best thing about that was your argument was they're new because they have new in the title. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. Oh. That, was, that, was really, that was good, Eddie. That was I like good. the idea that they're removing that they're delaying Snake Eater to remove the 3D from it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> And that that takes some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Do y'all have anything else to say about this? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I we just... talked about it a little bit last week. Um, what do you think? Okay, here I have one thing. What do you think about him saying that um, the lack of the 3DS's, uh, the success... Sorry, the lack of success for the 3DS is not due to smartphone gaming. Do you think he's just being naive? I mean, well, he's he's fooling himself there. Like basically, we spent most of last week saying how the 3DS was failing because of smartphone gaming, and we're the consumers. Like, and if we'd rather go get a like an iPhone game over the 3DS, you know, that's 170 dollars we're not putting in his pocket. So. I think he's just fooling himself. Did you see the uh, Penny Arcade thing um, where basically they were arguing about, you know, wanting to play like real games for $40 and then um, <laughs> Gabe was like, I'll go spend $40 in the iPhone store and we'll see who has more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. I, I see the point, which I, I kind of agree with it, but at the same time, like, you know, Ocarina of Time is pretty cool. So yeah, it's <laughs> so, pretty cool. Because I could, I see that there would be some gamers that say I'd rather play Ocarina of Time than 4D iPhone app games. Listen, if they had a Majora's Mask remake, I would buy, I would buy all of that. I would buy all the things if for yeah. Majora's Mask. So I think it's a combination. I mean, yeah, you've got that's it's a big threat. I don't know if it's the only reason, but it's just games. Like they just don't have any games that people want to play right now. Yeah. Is this is this some more of that Nintendo disappointment we've been seeing? Like that internal disappointment they're starting to have with themselves? Because I know that's kind of come up before with the Wii and how that's dropping off and now they've had to take a price cut in the 3DS. Like, and they're getting they even year after it's come out. They even mentioned about how they're kind of shaky about like how this is going to affect the perception of the Wii U. Yeah, they've, they've, they're already talking about that. Like, I mean, is it kind of one of those things where you're, like, worried Nintendo's going to, like, go into a corner and start cutting themselves? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's like, no, it's okay, Nintendo. You're cool. You still have, like, all the money. And they're like, no, but we suck at everything now. It's like, it's okay, Nintendo. Just make good games. It's interesting. I mean, it seems to be the kind of the thing. Um, someone mentioned this. I guess it might have been Kotaku. Um, for as much as I hate their site, I sure do read it a lot. <laughs> um, 
But it was one thing that they did mention that I thought was interesting where it was like, is Nintendo having their PlayStation 3 moment? Um, the moment where they get all big and they get full of themselves and they just do something too wacky. You know, right. or uh, they just lose. They just lose. They lose touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting if Microsoft ever has that moment because I feel like they're kind of losing touch a little bit, but they didn't get to the top first. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they couldn't wait. They, they wanted to go crazy now. before they reached the top. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, we're not even at the top. I don't care. Make that connect. <laughs> we're going to move on to the third topic here. The third topic is going to be about a company that we all know and love because we just spent 20 minutes talking about a different game that they make. <laughs> uh, it's that, or I guess it was, yeah, it was earlier this week. It was on Tuesday. Uh, Blizzard talked about Diablo 3. And the big thing that came out of all of this, I mean, there was other stuff they announced, like they're not going to go with like points anymore for uh, assigning the skills or whatever and it's going to be built on like tech trees and whatever but the big thing to come out of it was the auction house and what they announced is that players are going to be able to buy and sell items in the Diablo 3 auction house for actual money in-game items for real dollars and this was like huge news and people on either side of the fence were you know yelling very loudly this week about this. Uh, so, let's see, where are we going with this one? Eddie has it. Eddie, your game cop. Uh, what's up with this auction house thing? It's interesting because all week I've been trying to understand kind of what, why people were going nuts about this because I, I guess I just didn't understand it and maybe, maybe I'm naive or whatever, but um, I, I definitely do see two sides to it. Um, on the one hand, you don't have to use the auction house if you don't want to. I think that's the thing that a lot of people seem to be missing out. Like people are kind of freaking out about it. Um, and another important thing to remember is that Blizzard isn't taking, they're not taking a percentage, right? They're taking a flat rate. Right off um, of each. Right off of each. And they actually, they actually perceive that they're going to break even on this. Um, so I could see where they're just offering something as a service, and here's a service where you trade and do all this stuff. Maybe it makes it easier. Maybe it makes it better. Um, because I've seen some item trading. I'm trying to think of the game. I've seen some item trading things where it's just like a mess um, because it's not officially sanctioned. There's no, you know, whatever. Right. Well, um, I mean, you look at like you look at Warcraft. I mean, um, World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. And it's like people, there's items that happen, like, or even gold. Like people go out and they spend $5 to get gold in World of yeah. Warcraft. And so, I mean, but that's not sanctioned by Blizzard. It's just like these random sites. And yeah, yeah so it's like kind of the black market of this whole thing. So what their whole thing is, is it's going to happen anyways, but we're just regulating it now. Yeah. And on the other hand, I can kind of see how this would upset... Uh, some people, because one of the things that makes PC gaming PC gaming is the idea of user-generated content and being able to take ownership um, of these kinds of marketplaces. And the idea, um, that one thing that did rub me wrong is that you actually have to pay to put money up on the thing. You mean like you actually have to pay a fee to list an item, which on the one hand will get rid of just a ton of filth, but it'll also, it, it also just seems kind of like a strange thing to do. Like it just seems like a money grab. Um, so I, while I don't get the outrage, I do see both sides of the issue, um, and I can kind of see where gamers would feel a little bit threatened because how far 
is it, is it a slippery slope question? Like how far do you keep sliding and sliding and sliding until suddenly you've got companies that want to charge for user-generated content? Mm-hmm. Like you make your own hat and we'll sell it. We're Valve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitch, counterpoint? All right. Eddie, you want to understand something? There's only one thing to understand about this entire thing, and that is Blizzard has betrayed us. They have left us out to die. They are taking all of our money, and they're not listening to any of our ideas. I sent them a thousand-page article detailing they're doing wrong with Diablo 3, and what did they respond with? A restraining notice. All right? I'm not allowed within, like, a thousand yards of their building or they'll send the cops. That was very polite of them to give you a restraining notice <laughs> as opposed to an order. I forgot what they were called. But the point is, after I burned it and tried to sneak in through the back door and they got their hands on me, I yelled out many things, most of which were obscene, but a lot of them were good ideas. All right? Diablo 3 needs to be darker, okay? It needs to be only on the PC and it needs to be super hardcore because that's the only way I'll play it. All right, I'm not going to buy it anyways, which I probably will, and forget about all this stuff when it comes out. All right, I'm not just going to complain about it now and then buy it later like I did with Modern Warfare 2 and Left 4 Dead 2. Okay, right? I'm sticking to my position this time, and that is that Blizzard sucks. <laughs> you suck. And you suck. <laughs> that was good. Sorry I had to interrupt you with the restraining notice. I was like, that's, that's such a polite <laughs> thing to issue somebody. Hey, just so you know. <laughs> This is a notice of a restraining order. We're not going to give you the real one because we need that for our records. Is that what but Canadians is... do? We don't. We don't want to order you to stay away. We just want to let you know. Yeah, this is this is a notice. Like this person doesn't want you near them anymore. It's like, well, this is a this is a town of ten people. We're in Canada. Yeah, well, maybe you should move. I feel like if I had said order, the thing is, I like I forgot what it was called. <laughs> I have like three of them. You'd think I'd know, but like you know, when push comes to shove, I just forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty so cool. Anyways, in real in, in, in real Mitch, not in character Mitch. Um, there's sometimes a little difference, but I was talking to a friend of mine who used to uh, who used to play a lot of Diablo too, and one of the things that would happen is that people would sell each other stones of Jordan on uh, eBay. And now I'm not really up on my Diablo knowledge. I guess a stone of Jordan was a pretty rare item, but like each stone of Jordan went for like thirty bucks. Which is a lot, which is which is quite a bit of money for an item uh, in a computer game back in those days. So I guess this is just Blizzard's way of trying to legitimize some of the things that they see as problems with first Diablo two and now World of Warcraft, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to take they're trying to take the illegal aspect out of like they. You have to acknowledge that in any like any situation like that, there's going to be a, there's a black market is going to spring up for people who want to cut corners and stuff like that. So they're just trying to circumvent that, but putting up a system that they regulate that ensures you know that things are going to be on the level because a lot of gold farming and stuff like that leads to like account hacking and things like things of that nature well also one thing that people are bringing up is there's the you know there's the whole the chinese farmers that just like farm everything and it's ridiculous what people are saying is that what's going to happen is these people are going to go and they're going to farm the fuck out of the game and the rarest items are going to be like two cents because they're going to flood the auction house and prices are going to plummet. 
and they're going to ruin the economy, and you're going to be able to get every awesome item in the game, and it's going to cost, like, a dollar to, like, be fully specced awesome, because these Chinese farmers are going to ruin the marketplace. Now, right, but at the same time, do you think that Blizzard is actually going to let that allow that exactly? That if yeah, Blizzard on, that controls they're controlling it, exactly. Then they're then and then they, they and then yeah. they're yeah, and then there's a third party handling the money transaction. If it goes to like you know someplace fishy, they're not going to let it go through. You know, right. So, anyways, I interrupted you. Were you saying something? <laughs> no, that's out. That's really all I had to say. That's just like. One of the things, because I also, at the same time, like, even though the very first time I heard about this, I was like, that's kind of weird. You know, like, it just felt kind of weird when you first heard it. You're like, real money, computer things, I don't know about this. But then after I thought about it, I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, if I don't want to use it, I'm not going to use it, so it doesn't matter. But then, like, the internet exploded, and so, like, I've just been trying to figure out, like, why people and you can still famous. give items like to your friends you know like yeah yeah you can you can just choose not to use this i just want to like, play diablo 3 guys that's i know yeah it's not it's not like you're going to be able to like trade parts of the game on the auction house you know like oh buy this dungeon that i found it's not gonna you're still gonna get the game this is just a thing on top of it yeah, yeah. oh well i guess we'll see how it works when uh when we all get there i just can't wait to play the game so i don't really care i'm gonna buy it Whatever. So we're going to go on to the fourth topic. Uh, the last topic of the night. And we're going to talk about Borderlands. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was... Was it Eurogamer? Yeah. Eurogamer announced that Borderlands 2 was coming out before uh, anything was ever officially announced about Borderlands 2. And uh, Gearbox's CEO, Randy Pitchford, uh, said that Eurogamer and the other sites that ran with this story is shoddy journalism. He, t- he tweeted this out. He called it shoddy j- journalism. And then it turned out, like, the next day they announced that, oh, yeah, by the way, it is actually coming out. So, kind of wanted to hear what you guys had to think about this. We're going to throw it to Mitch here. What's up with Pitchford and shoddy journalism? So I think, uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to, you know, the development of Duke Nukem and the history of Gearbox, it shouldn't come to a surprise to you that Randy Pitchford isn't exactly the most reserved of people. He always tends to fly off the handle and do all these outrageous quotes that usually end up on uh, gaming sites sooner or later, like Duke Nukem's all about fun, you know, is one, is one of his more famous ones. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, this kind of reaction is to be expected from him. Obviously, uh, there was some sort of plan for Borderlands 2. And uh, from everything, it looks like they had to rush out and announce it because they were forced to by Eurogamer. So I don't think that... I don't think that Pitchford... Shoddy journalism probably isn't the best way to describe it. Not dancing to our PR tune is probably a better way to describe it. Because, you know, when, these things are often carefully marketed. We all know this. We all know that it happens. Like... News will come out, and then everyone has to agree to an NDA. This happened when Call of, the news on Call of Duty Elite was broken by Wall Street Journal because they broke the non-disclosure agreement, and everybody else got super pissed off at them because mm-hmm. you know they were stealing hits by bringing it out early. So it's it's not shoddy journalism so much as it is proper journalism. It's just so weird in the video game journalism industry where everyone just sort of plays along 
with how things are supposed to go that it looks like people are going against the against the grain. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's what I got. That's what you got. Uh, and Eddie, what is your retort? Okay, I feel like you guys are ignoring the real victim here. The real victim isn't. It's not. It's not Gearbox. It's not Randy Pitchrod. It's not. Um, you know, Eurogamer or game journalist. The real victim here is Game Informer because, seriously, they kind of got it screwed on this because Game Informer, they were the ones that were going to break the whole thing and they've got awesome features like Would You Rather? Have you guys seen that? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so they've got that going for them and really... That's their original idea, right? Yeah, it's a totally yeah. original thing they do mm-hmm. which is very cool. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's like, who would you rather bang, Samus or Zelda Lowell? And yeah, I'm about that. So... <laughs> They're the guys that really got boned in this because we all know that real game journalism happens, you know, in magazines that are pushed with pre-orders and power rewards cards in the halls of GameStop. So if like a pimple-faced teenager isn't pushing this to me, then it's not real game journalism as far as I'm concerned. So, and really, it's not like Bonerlands 2 is going to be good anyway. Game Informer probably gave it an 8, which is horrid by anyone's standards. So I don't really know what the big deal is. So Pitchrod's right, you know, shoddy journalism because it's not Game Informer. You know, he's probably as right as about it as he was about DNF, which was pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. Also, it's written by the people that did that "Hey Ash, what you playing?" thing. So more like "Hey Ass, what you making a bad game?" game. <laughs> 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 I feel like it was. You should have stopped before that. That was really good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like yeah, that he was that. Randy Pitchrod. Yeah, Pitchrod was pretty good. I like that you. Qu- I like that you quoted my 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 comment. <laughs> Would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather bang Samus or Zelda? Lol. That's good. That's good. We so should what's... not speak of that. Would you rather plagiarism? No. They they stole our stuff, guys. They stole it. <laughs> <laughs> they steals it. I've seen it. <laughs> my precious. They took Saint my it. precious. Sainted. Next thing, I, watch, we're gonna we're gonna load up tomorrow, and they're gonna be like, "Hey guys, we we just started this new feature called Game Cop or Lame Cop." <laughs> and we're gonna be like, "Really? What the fuck?" <laughs> Hey guys, we started a playthrough of Half Life Two. <laughs> We're gonna write each other emails. Look at our original idea. I'd probably beat myself with like gaming PC pop quiz. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So what's up with that, Daddy? What's up with the the Gearbox people and the Eurogamer people? Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, most I feel kind of weird because most of the time, video game journalism is pretty shoddy. Uh, itself um but i mean this really is a case of like actual journalism happening although i do take issue with the way other game sites reported it because it was in general it was kind of like because all he said like his original quote was like we would like to do more with borderlands 2 obviously we're going to it made money mm-hmm. and then people were like borderlands 2 coming in 2013 or 12 and like that was the story and then it was Eurogamer that actually got a source for someone that could confirm it. Yeah. Um, so at, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed with the way the whole thing unfolded anyway. But I, I think in this case, I'll have to default to Eurogamer. 
because I feel like they didn't really do anything wrong. And really, and this is kind of one of the one of the reasons that video game journalism is as bad as it is, is because of this kind of relationship that they have with the publishers, where it's like if you don't fall in line, then we're gonna penalize you. You know, you don't get stories, you don't get whatever. But I do think game game reviewers hold on too tightly to their precious review copies. It's like you know what, if you would be willing to give up a stupid $60 copy of a game and it meant you could like write better stuff, then why don't you just do that? Cause you can just buy a game. Right. You know what I mean? Like just buy a game when it comes out and don't rely on a review copy, <laughs> but, yeah. but then you can't get the first review out the door. Yeah. And that seems to be King, which it's, which is, I feel like that's a really old way of looking at stuff. I feel like that's a really old media way of looking at that kind of thing, because the way it, with online communities and stuff, it's like people come to your site because they like the way you have to say things about it. So it doesn't matter if your review comes out day one or day 10, the people are going to come read your review about it because they're there and they like the way you review things. But anyway, that's my soapbox. No, I like that. I like that you're bringing it, man. Yeah. Speaking of shoddy journalism, I just want to bring up that, the Iowa story we had, uh, that for people that don't know, I, I guess we'll link to this in the show notes. But um, the show notes, the show notes, but the uh, <laughs> show enough. Uh, the story that that talks about Iowata being like, you know, we're gonna make some non three D games. The 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 headline is Iowata on ditching three D, <laughs> and I'm just like, really? That's you went with ditching three D. Like all of a sudden they're like, ah, we're done. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> And then also, oh, we already talked about the 16 times more. That's all I got. Both from 1UP, who are yeah. apparently staffed by jerks now that they've been acquired by IGN. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hey, Jim's kind of a douche. Put him on the 1UP staff. Jim, give us some headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Video game company does something shitty and they suck. Perfect. Run it. Print it. Before this devolves into us just bashing <laughs> video game websites. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't. Yeah, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Who, ha- who haven't we bashed yet? Uh, Gamer Sushi. Mm, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> Especially that Jeff and that Anthony guy. Yeah, they're my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, what's up, with all those, what's up with all those JRPGs, Anthony? God. <laughs> Jeff, right. what's up with knowing about deals all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> Okay, uh, well, uh, with that, I think that is the end of the game. And the end of the cast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, on twitter.com slash Revis. If you want to follow Sushi, it's twitter.com slash Uh If you want to follow me, it's twitter.com slash mi7ch. And I am twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. Also, uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And, also, uh, follow Anthony and Jeff on Twitter at oh, AnthonyTaylor yeah. underscore and unsquare, respectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, disrespectfully. Thanks, Th- thanks for listening to the cast, guys. All I do is stim, 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 no matter what. This money that I'm on, I can never spend enough. And every time I blow up all your buildings, all my ladder points go up. And they stay there. Going into this game and I never
never been a newbie, I don't wanna start now Get your rank up, go for number one, keep it winning even when the ladder is locked down I never make no tanks, I open with six racks Limit on that meta game. TLO taught me that And I got some foolish strats, I'm in that foolish mode Your rank goes up and down, just like my depots go Moving King got me learning, I caught your temple, I'm merging I like my Starcraft too, cause I really I got the original version Can't never count me out, you never count my wins Got 20 smart accounts, I've been through countless stems There ain't no tech in here, the A-Move champion Cause all I do, all I, all I, all I, all I do is stem